Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today, wherever you are in the world? I hope that you are feeling fine and feeling the sense of joy to actually be alive in these hugely awakening times that we are all going through. And I always ask myself this every single day of my life, I have to say, is, is what I'm doing today taking me to my destiny? Is destiny something that is fixed or is it something that is changeable? I'm not wise enough to answer that, but I have to say that everything that we do, there is a reason. And there is indeed a season. So do not despair. Do not give up hope. Everything, every single thing, every single breath in our life has a far greater meaning. We just have to keep walking that road. Now, I am absolutely delighted to welcome today's guest, who is the lovely and rather interesting Shakti Sundari. Shakti is a priestess of love and sacred sexuality who has been teaching embodied awareness and awakening for women for the past 18 years. Having trained as a yogi, a tantrika, a dancer and healer, Shakti is a passionate advocate of women's empowerment. She is a masterful curator of full-bodied spirituality and an eternal student on the path of authentic living. How beautifully she actually has said that. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm. Following her apprenticeship as a facilitator of sexual awakening for women, Shakti has created and delivered an ever-evolving series of tantric and personal development courses for women. Alongside these courses and private sessions, Shakti writes an inspiring blog, interviews leading light workers, and is currently in the process of completing two books to accompany her teaching. She has made numerous TV appearances and also has appeared in national newspapers on the theme of yogasms and sex at 50 plus. How interesting. Now we're going to find more out about that. She has also been a presenter at Skiros Holistic Holidays, Cali Kalos, Champneys Health Spas, the One World Festival, and that's just to name 
a few of the things that she does. Today, she shares her wonderful story. Welcome, dear Shakti. Oh, thank you so very much. I just feel <laughs> honoured and excited. Uh, like my cheeks are beaming now that you've read that out. <laughs> me thank too, you. me too, Shakti. And I was getting another deja vu. We were actually talking, I'll say to the listeners, about how I was having a deja vu all day about Shakti coming on. So mm. I'm absolutely honoured and delighted to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, oh. So how are you? How's life in your world? Oh, life is good, you know. Um, I'm feeling very blessed at the moment. Um, what, what can I say? My, my work is blossoming. My children are healthy and happy. I have beautiful friends. And yeah, life is good. Life is good. <laughs> life I, I'm is so good. pleased to hear that. It's so joyful as well to hear somebody that speaks with such presence and you know such happiness because it's something I think that a lot of us have been missing in these very strange but Mm. um very eye-opening times yeah um definitely who would have thought a year ago or a little over a year ago that, that we we would have had the year that we've just had. I mean, nobody could have dreamt this up in their wildest dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not well. going to go into like, you know, the, the nitty gritty of it, but mm. you know, because it's working itself through on so many levels. Um, but what I would say is that for me, um, this year has been, um well on the one hand like oh this is what I came here for Mm. that recognition then two shit this is really what I came here for my god thank god I have all these tools and thank god I've anchored myself in the way that I have through the past 18 years with everything that I've practiced and studied and healed and done because otherwise I would be finding it a lot more difficult than I possibly am but still it's like every day now is like uh the opportunity to grow like everything is sped up even more so it's like every day it's it's there's a growth every day there's a challenge every day there's an opening every day there's a healing it's just everything is faster and um you know that can be really exciting sometimes very challenging but you know we're here to live and Mm. um you know, this is what I came here for, really, to live fully. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's a famous saying, um, and I think it's by Rumi, and maybe I think it's even a book, and it's like, whoever brought me here is going to have to take me home. So oh. I, totally, I totally understand. It's a time of great healing also that's happening, and that's why your work fascinates me, because you really encompass so many beautiful facets of what is needed now in the world to help really guide people back to themselves. Tell us a little bit, Shakti, um, because I know you do so many things, what you actually do. Sure. So um, I work primarily with women and I'm, I'm I'm a teacher. I teach embodied awareness and sexual and spiritual awakening 
And that has a few different forms, but essentially um, the root of it is to, as I was saying to you before, before we came online, it's almost like an unpicking of all the patriarchal programming and a remembering of the divinity um, of our true nature. So for women, this is so tied into the body, the emotions, our sensuality, our sexuality, and recognizing that these are not separate from the divine, they are divine. Um, and so this, you know, yes, as you say, that encompasses so much because for each one of us, there's there's a healing that, that needs to happen, a remembering that needs to happen, a returning that needs to happen. And this work is born out entirely out of my own experience, my own healing journey, my own search for what I found, and then the sort of the passion to, to share it. And it comes through in a few different ways. So because it's so much about energy and embodiment, I teach a form of dance called Dancing the Goddess, which is my own creation. I teach a form of yoga called Shakti Yoga, which is my own creation. And then there are a couple of programs, um, Awakening Shakti, and one I'm teaching at the moment called Rapture, which are about the full-on total journey of sexual and spiritual awakening so women can really step into their greatest potential as an embodiment of the divine feminine. That's really quite wonderful because, you know, when you look at people in general, one of the things I think that I have found throughout my life as an adult is that people are genuinely, whether that be male or female, um, afraid of who they are and they are afraid of their sexuality. And somehow we have this thing of, I think, maybe more so um, in the West, not so much in the East, is that people are afraid to actually welcome that spirituality, which is embodied in the sexuality, because it's all part of that life force, isn't it? Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is the thing. And, and what I see, what I grew up with, what I see in all the people that I work with is um, a split, really. This split that's kind of been indoctrinated. So, so for example, through religion or through you know, a very uh, patriarchal way of thinking. So body and mind are split, sex and spirit are split, feminine and masculine are split. Um, and so things are put in two camps. And there's the belief that to be sexual is, to, is shameful, for example, yeah. or it's not good, or it's dirty, or it's dark, or it's secret. You know, it's a guilty secret. And yet, ironically, it's on show all over the place. As well so it's like there's this complete yeah. contradiction and paradox and it's ever so confusing for men and women but the, the the true nature of the power of this energy has been I would say hidden almost deliberately and repressed almost deliberately and so the guilt and the shame that are associated with it are a part of that um agenda to to repress or to deny and to hide the true nature of of our sexual energy which is pure which is creative which is radiant which is magnetic which is infinite 
And 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 when we, you know, when we realize that's what we are, we're unstoppable. We're we're incredibly powerful, you see. And so that's what people have been afraid of. And uh, people have been afraid of the power of that energy. Um just as people have been afraid of the full power of the feminine, which is different to what you might imagine, because for the most part, what people imagine the feminine to be or sexuality to be, it's distorted as mm. isn't how it's represented in the world. So this is not about women dominating men. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about women becoming bitchy or strident or dominating or um you know getting their way with everything that's not at all what I'm talking about so everything that I that I do and I bring forth is actually about the unification of masculine and feminine and the awakening of both aspects within men and women and this is very important and I think it's key in the development of us as human beings but also as spiritual beings because fundamentally we are entwined yes. within within that and to me how you come across shakti is that you somehow um intertwine it together in such a beautiful way that gives people this freedom and space to find out about all of this in a sort of safe environment right Yep, um I definitely embody what I teach otherwise I wouldn't be teaching it. Yeah. <laughs> um and it's easy for me to hold that now because it's authentic, you know, and it's it's sort of integrated ingrained all the way through even as it's changing and growing all the time. It's never it's never a static point that mm -hmm. I'm reaching. We're all growing all the time. But the thing is, yes, in being that, then I'm giving permission. I mean, even in speaking so freely, because these, the words that I use, they have no, you know, there's no shame attached to them. There is no fear attached to them. For me, the body is the most beautiful God-given divine vessel for me to live this life. My sexuality is a divine gift. Um, when I speak so openly and when I embody so openly, that's not to say that it isn't also still misunderstood. Um, and because of course we receive things on the level of awareness that we're at. And so, um, you know, I have had a lot of misunderstandings in the past, probably a lot, well, hardly at all now, but still being a woman who stands proudly in her sexuality can still be seen by some as as kind of wrong or as an invitation, which it's not. And that's kind of one thing I'd really like to clear up because this mm -hmm. can be something that women are afraid of. They're, they can be afraid that if I stand in that myself, I'm going to attract the wrong attention. And they're scared of that because of past experiences. And this is a real thing because I certainly grew up, you know, being flashed at, being catcalled. Um, being ogled, being groped, being abused. I've had all of those experiences and a lot of women have had those experiences uh, which can shut the sexuality down, which which can, you know, uh, completely cut a woman off from her beautiful radiance. So um, it's really important to understand that when we fully stand in our power and our sexuality, it's not something that we're doing to manipulate. It's not something we're doing to get. It's not something we're doing to... 
um, seduce. Uh, this is a very potent, magnetic, powerful, radiant energy, which is pure and intelligent. It's transformative. It can heal. It can awaken. Um, and it, depending upon how we hold and use that energy consciously or unconsciously, it will attract or not the right or the wrong kinds of things. But there's also it can also evoke a lot of respect. You know, I get a lot of messages from from men now who who automatically address me with great respect and with great honor because they recognize what is there. And that's that's really, really beautiful. So it's not something to be afraid of. Uh, it's something to be embraced because the the, the fear is going to be a barrier to growth, a barrier to pleasure, a barrier to your true empowerment. You know, it's gonna it's gonna stop it. And how did you begin this journey, Shakti, from having gone through all the things that you say that you know a lot of people, all of us go through something in our life. Mm. How did you begin this journey of empowerment? of embracing your sexuality, your spirituality, your awareness? How did that all begin? For me, this came about through um, a, a trauma, really. And I think this is the same for a lot of people who go on to their life's work. You know, something happens, you have an experience, and it sort of catapults you forward onto a completely different path. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is, for me, it was a, a, a physical trauma in birthing my first child, basically created an injury in my vagina, which made sex painful, which created difficulty in my relation, my marriage with my partner, which led to the end of my marriage and led to me leaving the marriage without having had sex for four and a half years a single mom with two young children, no money, no home, no friends, because I moved countries, I moved back from America to the UK, and starting my life again from that point. So hitting rock bottom, um, beginning with nothing, knowing that I wanted to heal, knowing that I wanted to figure out what had gone wrong in that relationship with my sexuality, and that was that was what catalyzed me into everything that I then went on to do. So uh, a big search, and also a, you know searching for my sexual pleasure again because I had always enjoyed my sexuality until that point. It had been a really big part of my life that I you know in relationship I wasn't promiscuous, but I loved sex and sexuality with my husband and with my former partners, and to have that go was a huge loss. Like I literally grieved it. And when I went on to research even that, you know, like reading uh, Naomi Wolf's book, Vagina, it's such a brilliant book. It helped me to understand that a woman who's in touch with her sexuality is happy. She's fulfilled. She's radiant. Mm. She's alive. She's creative. She's glowing. And when a woman is not in touch with her sexuality, it's kind of the reverse. She can be less vital she can feel tired she can age more quickly she lacks creative creativity depression illness you know all of these things will come in when there's that disconnect 
from, um, you know, so basically it's directly linked for a woman to her mental, physical and emotional and spiritual well-being. Um, and then as I went on to explore through body work, through tantra, through yoga, through meditation, through dance, uh, Reiki healing, all of these different techniques and practices for myself, you know, then, then I began to experience a complete shift in my understanding of what sexuality even was. And it sort of went, I would say, you know, from the gross to the ever more refined and the ever more subtle until, you know, at this point, if I talk about sacred sexuality or making love, for me, it can be something as simple as breathing consciously is a form of making love, right? So it gets to that yeah. point. It gets really, really refined. And is that something um, that is to do with tantric sex? Tell me a little bit about that, because that always people ask me about that for some reason, especially mm -hmm. in the work that I do and breathing and that, like yourself. Oh, what's tantric sex? How? What's that all about? Isn't that just about breathing? Tell us a little bit, because that's sort of like, you know, uh, uh, one of those sort of mysteries of life, I think. Yeah, and people love to know that, and there's a lot of misconceptions um, yes. <laughs> about that. I remember when I was um, doing this this job last year, well, the year before now, actually, and some I put Tantra as my as my code name for for that job, and someone <laughs> sort of said to me, "Oh, you do Tantra, saucy." And I could just tell in that one yeah. line that they've made all these assumptions about what mm -hmm. it meant. So mm. the assumptions are uh, you go to lots of orgies, you're having loads of sex with everybody. It's just about sexual positions. Mm. You know, that's about the kind of the general assumption. Yes. Yeah. So so let, let me just explain my understanding through my own exploration. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's probably led to me um, – being more discerning about who I have sex with rather than less discerning because I've become more aware of my boundaries. I've become more aware of what a sexual encounter actually entails in terms of an exchange of my energy with someone else's energy. Um, you know, I didn't even know that in, in the past. And I'm much more sensitive to touch to energy so if anything comes towards me that doesn't feel right I can't tolerate it whereas before I would be tolerating things I didn't even really like yes but let me just explain a bit more about what tantra is so tantra isn't a sexual practice it's a whole way of life uh, and ultimately there are um, series of practices and meditations that can be part of this way of life which ultimately has as its as its end point the the recognition that you're divine so that's what Tantra is. It's a way of living life in the recognition that you are divine and that you can be experiencing your, your divinity so blissfully in every moment when you're fully aware. So that's, that's it's kind of like the blending of awareness and energy or love and consciousness in its, in its biggest, broadest terms. And it's about the unification of masculine and feminine um, polarities. The sexual part... Mm. Is simply because, and that's, you know, in the West, because sex and sexuality have been so repressed, people kind of latched on to the fact that within the tantric framework, nothing is, there's no moral 
good and bad, really. It's not like West, Western Christianity where sex is wrong for marriage and sort of there's a lot of shame. That's not within the tantric framework. There's no, there's no shame. And so um, sex and sexuality, just as much as eating, drinking, walking, sleeping, can be a way to achieve enlightenment. So basically the tantric path is anything that you do in life as a human being can be a way to achieve enlightenment, including sex. And so within that, then the, the way that you live tantrically, you simply apply that to the way that you make love. So that means you are conscious and aware. So meditation helps with that because it helps to still the mind and it helps you to be present. It means you're paying attention to sensations so deeply and so fully that you feel everything. It means that uh, you activate and flow and move energy, uh, which is in tantric terms, the divine feminine is energy, is sexual energy, is the energy of life. And that energy permeates your physical body. But when you're making love, this energy can flow through you, can be exchanged with your partner even before you touch. So you could, for example, be sitting opposite your partner and exchanging energy and, and be orgasmic not in the conventional way that you might be thinking. Um, you can breathe together with your partner and be orgasmic. You can breathe solo and be orgasmic. You can flow your energy through your body solo and be orgasmic. So it, it takes away the very, very narrowed focus that people tend to have, which again is part of the patriarchy to imagine that sex has a goal. So in Tantra, there isn't a goal to, to get to orgasm as quickly as possible. That's off the table. It's simply being present in the moment. You don't know what's going to happen next because you're present. When you're present, you're not thinking. So you don't have a strategy. You're not trying to get someone to orgasm. You're just there and blending your energies. The masculine energy is penetrative it's focused it's present the feminine energy is flowing it's receptive it's loving it's opening it's orgasmic and those two energies then dance together within yourself and then between you and another person that is so lovely that is so <laughs> lovely how you put that and it, it's in fact it's like a work of art because mm -hmm. the the joining of the masculine and the feminine is such a magic and in a way a subtle but yet powerful and yet divine uh, intertwining mm -hmm. and yet out there now Shakti and it, it, it's a fascinating it totally fascinating me because we are so many things on so many different levels and somehow we have forgotten and I suppose there's so many things I want to ask you, but one of the things mm -hmm. that really is something that I wanted to ask you, knowing that you were coming on, is that everywhere you look, everything is sexualized. Yep. Everything. And actually, it gets on my bloody nerves, I have to say, because yep. it takes that magic, that beauty, that soulfulness away from what it is really all about. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is what is happening in the world right now, that everywhere you look, everything seems to be cheap, cheerful, quick, and that's it. Mm. There's no depth. There's no romance. There's no 
poetry about it. Why is it so empty and people are so dissatisfied? Mm. Gosh, that's a really deep philosophical question. Um, but I'll do my best to answer from just, you know, a spontaneous, intuitive Thank place. You. There's such a disconnect from the feminine. There is such a disconnect from life. And what is being pushed in industry, in commerce, in society, encourages that disconnect from self, from God, which I'm not a religious person, um, but I just mean from the divine, from source, from life, from nature, from the feminine, which is your heart, your body, your sensuality, your emotions. So, and everything through technology, everything has sped up so much and through all the devices that people are on I think this is encouraging a disconnect even a sort of an element of dehumanization in a mm. way and yeah what you speak to really is is kind of I feel quite sad when I feel into that because it's like the hungry soul which is uh it's it can't be satisfied there's such a deep hunger mm. Uh, for something to fill that emptiness and so it's being looked for in all of these places with something that might give a very superficial uh, answer to the craving you know of, of satisfaction mm. or pleasure but it's never going to reach the depths so it's it's just kind of feeding an eternal addiction almost to superficial fulfillment but I think the way that things have been structured to this point feed that deliberately in a way because of the mechanism of capitalism and take and buy and feed and grab and make, you know. Mm. Um, but I, uh, I don't think that's all there is. So, you know, we talked about sort of living lives in parallel. In parallel with that, there is the breaking down of all the structures that's happening at the moment. There is this huge surge of awakening energy that is also coming in and through as those old structures break down. So there, there is different energies in parallel. And in a way, kind of the, the challenges of what, what's happened in this past year, you, you could say are kind of there to put, to sort of push and put a little pressure on people, actually, because at a certain point, if you haven't already, something's going to make you stop and have to really take stock and stop running from yourself because that's what's happening. It's like a running, it's an escape from being with yourself, you know? <laughs> That's yeah, that's a very good description. It's, uh, it, it, it is, in fact, whether that be of the carnal pleasures, whether that be food or alcohol or drugs or technology or whatever that may be, it's yeah. um, the escape to where, though, you know? Well, that's it. And, and this is a thing. So when you, when you take people into a tantra workshop, for example, and when I've kind of taught and initiated, it's really, really interesting because people come and, you know, I'm going to generalize a little bit here, but the women come 
you know, with the, with the expectation or the hope of love. And a lot of the men, not all, come with the expectation and the hope of sex. And that's the polarity that you begin with. But for both men and women, when we then go into, okay, now sit opposite each other, breathe and look into each other's eyes. You won't believe, A, how difficult people find that just to simply see and be seen without a mask on, right? Mm. And then, but that's, that's the beginning of Tantra. Like if you can't be seen, you're not going to go any deeper with that, I'm afraid. So you've got to be willing to get vulnerable, take the mask off. But then also how hearts open very quickly and tears start to flow because that's what the soul's been longing for all this time. Oh, my God, I'm finally being seen. Oh, my God, I'm finally being felt. I've longed for this. And the loneliness and the ache in men and women that then, you know, the men who went there for sex, they're crying. The women who went there for love, they're crying. And they're crying together. And that's, you know, the beauty that can happen. And the ones who just want sex, well, they're going to leave because it's boring because it's actually not what they thought it was going to be. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely, they did it. I, you must have seen this. Um, they've done this whole thing of where people look into each other's eyes. And I don't know if you've seen it, um, um, Shakti, where strangers, it, it, it was like a sort of a social thing, experiment, I think. And um, they're looking into people's eyes, complete strangers, you, mm. you to see how they react. Mm-hmm. And people do actually break down in tears. Mm-hmm. it's yes. such a beautiful connection to actually engage and to lock into each other's souls even if it's for a few seconds isn't it yep yep and that's it and and in that you know what what happens is if you can allow it because what often people will giggle nervously at first they'll mm. have you know little giggles they'll make a joke anything to escape the discomfort that rises in the body from seeing and being seen. And then as, as you know, as it's allowed, um, the heart is touched, the soul is felt, and there's a moment of remembering what's really real, what's really important and what's true, you know. And, of course, it's a seeing yourself because everyone is a mirror. And, again, that's part of the tantric recognition ultimately is that, you know, the other is me. Yeah, we are one. That's mm. that's that's the recognition that can happen in that space. Um, which really, I believe, you know, when you're with a partner, when you're with a lover, if you don't come with that, um, if you don't come with the intention to have that experience, really, in a way, it's just a using of one another. Really, mm. you know, mm. Mm. for it's something. True. It's true, and yet it's not beneficial to either party. You end up feeling worse than when you came to the party, as they say, you know, Um, because it's totally unfulfilling. And you say that people, you know, have to take their mask off, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, actually, in these times, because... (laughs) That's, in fact, what nobody's doing. I mean, a lot of people are putting the masks on. So um, so that's an interesting sort of contradiction in terms. Um, but 
why are people so afraid of being seen? And yet, as you said, Shakti, they so want to be seen. What is this conflict? Yeah, and, you know, I also just want to add, because I'm just feeling a lot of compassion as we're having this conversation. And for whoever listens back, I really want to say that everything that I'm sharing, I'm sharing with compassion and no judgment. Uh, because believe you me, I've done all the things myself, you know, I've had loads of unconscious sex, I've used, I've been abused. So I just want everyone to know that there is no judgment here, that 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 we are all human and we're all doing our best. So I just want to add that little bit in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please, just, just so that's known and felt, so no one's sitting there judging themselves and thinking, oh my God, I didn't do this and I haven't done that, you know. <laughs> no, not at all. And yeah. this is really a place where, you know, with all the guests that come on, you know, um, y- you are free to mm. feel whatever you want to feel. There is no judgment. There exactly. is only a place of sanctuary and love. And if there's something that you can take away from, you know, Shakti, from myself, from all the other guests, you know, take it away. And, mm. you know, if it doesn't resonate, let it go. Exactly. You know, take yeah. what feels comfortable and peaceful to your heart. That's the most important thing. Brilliant. Um, so then, yeah, just speaking to like why there's this conflict of the soul longing for yes. it and then yeah. the kind of the fear of it. Um, wh- what I would say to that is, A, it's uncomfortable because when you have that moment of looking and seeing and recognition, everything that you haven't felt until that point in your life, everything that you've numbed yourself off to, everything that you've denied, which will be emotions, uh, dreams, visions, but a lot of emotion, which creates sensation in the body, it feels uncomfortable and it may feel frightening and you may not want to go there. Uh, So it can feel confronting. Um, And, of course, again, society doesn't teach us to live in this integrated way that embraces our feminine. You know, we're taught to live from the masculine, which is we're taught to live from the head. We're taught to live from thinking. We're taught to ignore our feelings, to ignore our emotions, to ignore our sensuality, to override our sensations. If you're going to come into this other way, you're going to be asked to feel everything, to sense everything, and to reunite the sense and the feeling with the thinking. And so, yeah, it's unavoidable that you will go through moments of physical and emotional and mental discomfort. And so that's the invitation. And some people take it and they go on to grow and expand and heal and experience sex in a way they never dreamt could even be possible. And others prefer to stay comfortable where it feels safe, but it's a lot smaller and restricted and and make that choice for the time being uh you know because sometimes it it's it can only be when we get to uh, you know a really difficult moment like i did that there's no choice but to choose the dis- the other form of discomfort because you're already in such discomfort that you <laughs> you're like yeah. right, well i'm ready to do anything now because this isn't working you know um 
Yeah, I think we've all been there. I, I you know, I sometimes say I'll eat rats' tails, <laughs> and, people, and people will say to me, "What?" And I said, "I don't care. What does it take?" You know, because when you've totally got on your own nerves with something, you know how it is, and you just think, "I don't know. I'll chew on." I don't know. A tree, you know, because you just think I've just had enough. I just need to make that sort of change and that transition. And um, I think it's that point. Everyone has that point, but it happens at a different time for each one of us, doesn't it, Shakti? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then there are always more points like it along the way. Like like I said, it never really, well, in my experience anyway, it's not like we get somewhere and then it's like, oh, I'm going to fold my arms and sort of sit back on my laurels now <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, think, oh, great, I've done it. I've, I've made it. I'm here now. It's, it's not like that. It's, in, it's an ever ongoing spiral dance of shift and change and growth and heal and challenge and, you know, all of it. It's, this is life. Um, it's messy. It's complicated. It's fun. It's joyful um and it's the only life we have right now to live so for me it's like I do my best to embrace everything with totality whatever is happening in the moment so yeah oh my goodness I know you have to go soon but I I know you do and I could (laughs) sit here for another five hours talking to you will you come back again Shakti I'd love to Please, you have to. There's so much that I want to ask you. Oh, my goodness. We've only just begun. I know. <laughs> but it gives the listeners also a little bit of a taste of um, what you have to offer. But before we go, you know, tell us a little bit about where people can contact you, because I know you do courses and private sessions and all sorts of things. So where can people contact you? Great. Um, thank you. So, yeah, easiest way to find me is um, I have a website, shaktisandari.com. Um, and on Facebook, um, you'll find me, Shakti Sundari. And I have um, a Facebook group for women called Awakening Shakti. I'm also on Instagram and I'm also on uh, YouTube. So all those different ways, but to be in touch and find out about my one-to-ones or any of the upcoming programs I've got, yeah, Facebook or my website. Excellent. And you're on YouTube as well. I am. Got loads of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, Yeah. I've seen it. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, um, oh my goodness, before you go, I always ask my guests this, Shakti, tell us something in, you know, a paragraph that could inspire people out there the listeners out there and myself I always you know take on board what my guests and the wisdoms that they bring to my door okay something that you feel in your heart would help Oh, just breathing into my own heart. Well, I always speak completely off the cuff, you know, whatever is going to come through is going to come through and I'm going to trust it's the right thing. I think the, the biggest thing that is, is wanting to be said in this moment is to recognize your magnificence, to recognize your power, to recognize your beauty And if there's any kind of voice in your head, 
in your field anywhere that is telling you you can't, you shouldn't, that is beating you up, that is judging you, that is telling you you're not, you're not, you're not, you shouldn't, please tell that voice thank you, but it's time for you to now just give me some space because I'm here to live this life to its fullest without apology. I'm not going to hold back who I am. I'm going to live my truth. I'm going to shine my light as brightly as possible. And I'm going to enjoy my life to its fullest. I'm here with a beautiful body. I'm here with this divine sexuality. I'm here with this glowing, beating heart. And I want to share that and show that and show up without apology, without waiting for anyone else to give me permission. Because it's time, you know, that this is the time to be who you really are and to, to, to show up in your fullness because the world needs you to be that. You know, stop waiting for someone else to lead the way. You're a leader. We're all a leader. We're all sovereign beings. Let's go out there and be the best that we can be. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm going to tape you and have you say that to me every day. <laughs> that is wonderful. My goodness. How really, how beautiful is that? Shakti, that is so inspiring. And as you were speaking, really, it was magnificent in its own right because you <laughs> gave so much wonderful and mesmerizing energy to that thank you so much mm, my pleasure absolutely well you know I inspire myself because it's like when I do that I'm speaking to me as well as to everybody else <laughs> yeah but it, it we are we are indeed we are yeah. but it is beautiful and really quite divine to hear those words and they are absolutely needed in every breath of our life mm, yeah Oh, Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My parents used to laugh at me for saying that as a child. They were like, my God, what a strange child. But I always used to say that because somehow there is this huge divine power um, that oversees everything and mm -hmm. everything in its right moment. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. You will come back again. I'm going to hold you to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Shakti, for coming today and enlightening us to this beautiful divine feminine that exists and you know come back and teach us a little bit about that so that people out there can really sort of embrace it on a more deeper level mm, I'd love to yeah so we'll Aww. be in touch much love and much thank gratitude. you thank you lots of love and take care bye for now Okay, bye. Bye. Shakti Sundari, absolutely fascinating subject. Thank you so much for being with me today. It means so much, truly. And I send you lots of love, always, and lots of blessings. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life. Brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, 
take a look at her website www.miminovic.co.uk